Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of Full Measure After Hours. Today, I have an interview with John Sopko, the Special Inspector General for Afghanistan Reconstruction, that's full of new information that's sure to outrage you about the waste of our money in Afghanistan and what he calls the State Department's unprecedented refusal to cooperate in his efforts to track it. I've interviewed John Sopko numerous times while I worked for CBS News, as well as on my independent program, Full Measure. He is the Special Inspector General for Afghanistan Reconstruction. And the investigations that he and his team do regarding the misspending of our tax money in Afghanistan have proven thorough, disturbing, and sometimes even shocking. Equally as disturbing is what he learns about our federal agencies and their lack of cooperation in accounting for their actions and the spending and tracking of all the money. In the big picture, I think it's yet another example of how our federal agencies have come to run amok, thumbing their nose at those who have the power to do oversight on our behalf, such as the Special Inspector General in Congress. They do as they please, hiding public documents that we have a right to see and know about, and often they do that with impunity. This interview in particular is full of outrageous points of order. The news surrounds the Inspector General's latest assessment of what's happening to our money in Afghanistan. Yes, we're still sending all kinds of tax money to this country, now retaken by the Islamic extremist Taliban and with even fewer ways to account for it than before. And with our own federal agencies appearing to cover up the information needed to do oversight. You won't want to miss this interview. Here's John Sofko. Well, SIGAR is a special inspector general uh, created uh, by statute. And our job is to investigate uh, and report on uh, fraud, waste, and abuse and reconstruction and other assistance to Afghanistan and the Afghan people. And uh, I have been doing it for approximately 11 years as the special IG. Can you summarize what you found? Then we'll talk about the most recent report that you gave to Congress. Well, I mean, over the 12 years, uh, we've identified many problems, including uh, problems which were systemic going back through four administrations, uh, which partially explains why the Afghan government collapsed so suddenly uh, after the decision made to pull out the uh, troops and contractors. Uh, Just a lot of uh, fraud. A lot of corruption. Uh, we lacked 
uh, a, a real strategy over those 20 years. Uh, we really didn't do a good job in creating a uh, functioning uh, military, even though we spent billions of dollars in doing it. Uh, the military we created was hollowed out by corruption and by ghost soldiers and ghost police. Uh, it also couldn't sustain itself. And that's uh, one of the key issues that uh, confronted the Afghan government and confronted us uh, after the Doha agreement and the decision by the Biden administration to uh, follow the Doha agreement and pull out because the Afghan government and the Afghan military and police were basically left on their own. And they just did not have the capability to sustain their equipment, to move their soldiers and equipment around, uh, and to particularly uh, 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 run their air force, which uh, had to take the load of uh, uh, reinforcing and protecting their uh, outposts after the U.S. military and the U.S. Uh, uh, air force left. So correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like after all the billions and billions of dollars we spent trying to make a healthy, good, you know, Afghanistan government that was an alternative to the Islamic extremist Taliban, it was so fragile in the end that the way we pulled out combined with that meant that as soon as we left, the Taliban took back over again. That's a good uh, summary. Uh, The... The precipitating events or, or uh, actions uh, by the Trump administration with the Doha Agreement, uh, which basically said uh, on a date certain, the U.S. troops and more importantly, the U.S. contractors would leave. And then, of course, the, the Biden administration you know, confirmed that they would follow through with that, uh, basically triggered the total loss of morale by the Afghan soldiers and police, and we document that uh, in our our reports. But it also then uh, showed the shortcomings, as you highlighted, Cheryl, uh, in uh, our military training and the military, uh, the weapons and equipment we gave them. I mean, the the Afghans were were totally dependent on our contractors to to, uh, uh, not only... Uh, help with uh, uh, keeping the their helicopters and their airplanes functioning, but also running logistics, which you go back to, you know, Napoleon. I mean, an army travels on its stomach, and they, every army travels that way. So you got to get food, you got to get weapons, you got to get shoes, you got to get blankets, you got to get all of that stuff to the troops out in the field and the Afghans couldn't do it. So, yeah, it was a, uh, it, uh, you know, I, I'm not commenting on whether we should have left or not. That's a decision that, you know, presidents make and Congress make. Uh, what we reported were the facts that doing it because of problems we had over four administrations uh, showed that, uh, it was a hollow uh, uh, government and military, and it could not function on its own. 
Well, and I'll add to that the controversy over the way it was done with pulling out the military prior to the civilians and all of that, which wasn't something that you were you're overseeing, but that certainly was a, a major component of debate. It, it is. It is, Cheryl. And it's a good question to ask. And, and as you highlighted, it, you know, it's the one thing, you know, we don't have jurisdiction over that. So as we, I testified at the hearing, you know, you should really ask and the Congress should ask the state IG inspector general and the aid inspector general and the DOD inspectors general. And at that hearing, which uh, the House Oversight Committee held, you know, four of us testified and, uh, you know, I basically was the only one there who could not talk about the withdrawal. And uh, and I, I think, uh, you know, you look at the testimony, I think the, the congressman had a lot of questions on that. I couldn't answer it. And, you know, and, you know, uh, they, I'll leave it up to you to determine how well it was answered by my three colleagues. Is it fair to say that this operation in Afghanistan that I, I think some would argue was not successful, all the billions we've paid since they've ended up, it sounds like largely back where they started, or at least in that direction. Is it fair to say it was nonetheless extremely profitable for many defense contractors that operated there? Not that they shouldn't make profit doing that work, but I'll bet they made billions of dollars. Oh, a lot of people made a lot of money in in Afghanistan, and uh, it's not only defense contractors, uh, but it's also uh, uh, people who do development and aid uh, contracting. I I just was asked to go up to the University of Toronto to speak on the whole issue of uh, the collapse of the Afghan military and government. And there was a, a number of people who had studied development assistance, and they were very critical about how we did development there. And a lot of development agencies uh, made a lot of money uh, at doing a very poor job. So uh, you're absolutely correct. But, but one thing I want to keep in mind, Cheryl, particularly you know, your audience understands, I'm not critical, and I don't think you are either, of defense contractors or aid contractors. You know, the irony is, is that many thousands of our contractors were killed and wounded in Afghanistan, and we tend to forget them. And, you know, we contract out everything. But uh, it is unfortunate that uh, a lot of them made money. A lot of the Afghan contractors made a lot of money. And uh, we're in a process of trying to find any of those ill-got gains even now uh, in a, a number of efforts we're looking at. Uh, the, transfer of money and all that. But yeah, a lot of them made a lot of money, too. Uh, well, you recently testified to Congress about your 2023, what you call the high-risk list, yeah. that I guess identifies some areas of top concern. And one of the yeah. things, to me, a headline that stood out, I think you estimated that something like one-third of the money we're giving still to Afghanistan has been potentially lost to waste, fraud, and abuse. Is that is that an... Well, Summary. Not not exactly accurate, Chair. We in the past have been asked by Congress to document how much money was wasted mm-hmm. in Afghanistan, and we did do uh, a really long-term analysis on that. It was very difficult to do, but we did it and reported to Congress about 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 thirty percent. We were estimating got lost. The point of the last hearing, so that came up in discussion about how much 
was lost in the past. So we okay. can only assume it's going to be worse in the future because there are no U.S. citizens, nobody from the State Department, from aid, from GAO, from my office on the ground. So we can only assume it could be worse. The point uh, we wanted to make, uh, I wanted to make at that high risk list is that we're already seeing evidence of how the Taliban is diverting some of the money, and most of the money is going humanitarian assistance, feeding, because the Afghans are starving to death over there. The economy is worthless. You know, they've learned that it's a lot easier to win a war than to rule a country. And they've put so many restrictions on things. So our concern is that uh, I could not tell Congress right now how much money is being diverted to the Taliban. And then part because uh, of uh, the refusal of the State Department and aid to answer a lot of our questions. So we don't know how bad it is, Cheryl. And that's Let me the- break down a couple things you said. Yeah. The refusal of the State Department and who else to answer questions? Can you go into that? Yeah. Our own State Department's not answering your questions on oversight? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. They've, uh, it's the worst I've seen in, well, it's the worst I've seen in the 12 years uh, I've been doing the cigar, running my agency. But I, you know, I, as you know, my background, I spent uh, almost two decades doing congressional oversight in both the Senate and the House. Uh, nonpartisan, bipartisan oversight, and uh, it's the worst I have seen uh, in uh, transparency or the lack thereof in, in my years. And we've highlighted that, and many people in Congress and have uh, have uh, come to our assistance. But there's nothing we can do. I can't subpoena. No IG can subpoena uh, government employees or force them to answer questions. So it's pretty outrageous. Now, the good news, Cheryl. Is that, uh, and again, it's because of Congress and just because of that hearing, you know, where I'm cautiously optimistic that maybe finally State Department, and they've been the worst uh, culprit in this, uh, have gotten a message that Congress is not happy. Uh, And I think what was also surprising, Cheryl, and I don't know your audience was that I think many people in Congress and I think many people didn't know how much money we were spending in Afghanistan. They assumed we had stopped, but we're still pouring. Uh, I think we estimated about $8 billion has been appropriated or otherwise made available uh, for the Afghan people since the fall of the Afghan government. So we're, we're talking about a big uh, chunk of change. Uh, and uh, we really need state and aid. And I must say, the UN, because we're working through a lot of UN and other international agencies to give us access. And what we found was that the State Department was telling some of these international uh, non-government organizations that are working in the ground not to talk to us. So it wasn't just that the State Department would give us the information. The State Department was telling some of these uh, international organizations don't talk to cigar, which is a clear violation of the law. That it sounds to me, yeah. this is just outrageous. It sounds to me like corruption. I mean, I don't know how you describe that the agency that's accountable to you refuses to answer questions on information that's probably arguably public in nature when you're talking about what's happened to money. And yeah, Congress is holding hearings. That's all well and good. But 
I, it's just amazing that it's sort of still up to them to, quote, get the message and will they really do anything? Can you give an example of the type of question you might have asked, you know, even if it's just a paraphrased or theoretical example that they're not answering? Well, uh, okay, it's a you know, simple question. I mean, you know, uh, let's start. Let's start at the beginning. Uh, give us a, a copy of the Doha Agreement and all documents related uh, to the Doha Agreement. This was an agreement between the United States and the Taliban. So the Taliban have this information. Uh, we asked the State Department over a year ago for that information because there were secret agreements or portions of it. Now, you realize my staff, we all have the top security clearances, you know, and uh, <laughs> we, we uh, keep secrets secret. So it's not like they can't give it to us because it's classified. We have the clearances, and unlike somebody, you know, in the Air National Guard, uh, we don't put things that are classified up on the internet to impress some fifteen-year-olds. So that document we didn't get. We asked to talk to one of their major uh, contractors. It's called the Colombo Group. We specifically asked that we wanted to do an audit to ensure that their money wasn't going to the Taliban and to see their contracting and who they used over in Afghanistan. And this is the, uh, this is the outrageous uh, decision the State Department told the Colombo Group not to talk to us. Uh, we asked to interview State Department and USAID employees who are the contracting officers who are working for this. They, ref they told their people, they actually, the State Department sent out an order to all the State Department employees not to talk to an IG. Now, you use the term criminal, uh, I think. Corruption. Corrupt. Uh, it, it's not corrupt. Uh, it's just, it, it, it just flies. And, and that term is a technical term. And, uh, you know, and I didn't mean to correct you, Cheryl, but I mean, it does sound like the, the question it leaves me, and, and it probably leaves you, is that what have they got to hide? Why aren't they giving us the contract documents? Why aren't they allowing us to talk to their employees? Why aren't they, and this is critical, talking to the people who are actually carrying out the contracts in, 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 in uh, Afghanistan? How can you do oversight? I mean, this is common sense. Gerald, this would be like when you buy a house, you know, and you're talking to the contractor. And the contractor says it's going to cost $10,000 to, you know, uh, uh, put an addition or something like that. And you say, well, let me see the bills. No, 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 we can't let you see the bills. Well, well, are you using uh, appropriate uh, equipment? Are you using appropriate material? No, 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 we can't tell you that. Well, well, who are the subcontractors? No, 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 we can't tell you that. I mean, this is just, this flies in common sense of oversight. And um, I think, I don't know why. And that's what I told Congress. The congressional members uh, at the hearing asked me, why am I doing this? I don't know. Ask them. I mean, they're trying to claim that we went out of business when the soldiers left, when U.S. troops left. And we told them, well, you cite some statute that says that we go out of business. That's and then the inspector general, they try to say you don't have authority anymore. That's right. That's right. Once the troops ended, uh, we no longer have authority over the $8 billion being spent there. And we said, prove it. Show it. There's nothing in the statute. You can't, you, State Department, can't 
rewrite the law or tell Congress. I mean, there's a statute that created us. We weren't created on a whim, you know. Uh, we weren't created by some executive order. We were created by law. There's a law in the book, that book that says who we are, what we do, what our jurisdiction is. And you just can't tell us we disappeared because you feel we should disappear. You know, it's almost like the State Department doesn't want anybody ever hear the word Afghanistan again. You know, that that's, you know, and maybe it's just, I've been doing this for too long. But when somebody refuses the basic information, you'll wonder what's the motive. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Are you saying we don't have a copy to this day? The public doesn't have a copy of the Doha agreement that <laughs> agreed to they remove the from Afghanistan? They have the agreement, Cheryl, but they don't have all the annexes to it. Okay. All of the things that covered... You know, I mean, you know, if you talk to and I highly recommend, you know, and uh, you, you talk to some of the Afghans, the Afghan generals and Sami Sadat, I just spoke to uh, two, two weeks ago before the hearing. Great, great uh, Afghan who was one of the best generals in the Afghan uh, army. He ran the Afghan special forces unit and he was a closely mentored uh, by General Miller, who was our four-star commander there, another great general. Uh, but Sami Sadat says after the Doha agreement was signed, and then later when the Biden administration confirmed that they would follow through with it, he says uh, morale just cratered immediately. He said that he witnessed the situation because he was watching the U.S. drone come up at this one military base. He cited as an example where the drone just circled and they were asking the U.S. military to fire some missiles to protect the Afghan uh, police in this case. who were in this one little uh, uh, camp and they were being attacked by the Taliban. And he was told by the U.S. military. Uh, we can't help you. We can only do it if we get approval because there's a secret agreement. We only if we get approval from the ambassador who negotiated the treaty with the Taliban. And 
So we're, we're going to contact him and see if we can get approval. And then the word came back. And again, Sami Sadat isn't in this because the uh, Afghans are excluded from all conversations. The ambassadors, as Holly Azad, uh, uh, had to contact the Taliban to get approval for the U.S. military to support the Afghan police who were surrounded and being butchered by the Taliban. And he said he waited three or four hours. The drone just keeps circling, showing the horrible. Taliban. They're running out of weapons. He said it's a horrible sight. He just, it, it, it just, he was crying. He, he said the U.S. people on the other side, the U.S. military were crying because of this, this, this secret agreement. And what eventually happened is that whole unit of Taliban police were butchered, killed, everyone. And he saw on the drone, they stack up the bodies and they burn them. Oh, my gosh. So when you talk about the loss of morale, I mean, when you talk about that, the Afghans didn't fight. Now, many of them didn't. Many of them ran. But what happened is after this starts happening, you know, nobody wanted to die for the Ghani government because it was so corrupt. So the average Afghan is saying, if I'm not, you know, what's the choice? You know, uh, I'm not going to be supported. And the poor Afghan military, once we pulled the contractors, Sami Sadat again describes what happens that, you know, one day he's told by his uh, his assistant who runs the, the Air Force basically saying we can't fly anymore. All of the helicopters are broken or shot up and there's no way to fix them. So that is when we talk about the loss of morale, when we talk about why did the government collapse, it's because of these secret agreements, these and, and, and the state won't share. Now, you ask me why you ask State Department, bring them in, see if they'll tell you, uh, you know, I, uh, I think we need to know that answer. Well, there are a lot of secrets being kept. Um, this is unrelated to what you look yeah. into, but I have asked for, and I don't know why Congress hasn't demanded it, the after action report from the Afghanistan withdrawal from the military. Every After every military action, there's an after action report that's that's reported with sort of a lessons learned. I never got the one from Benghazi. I argue that's public record in nature. I Freedom of Information acted the one from Afghanistan, and they told me a million reasons why I couldn't have it right now, and then just sort of dropped that off the planet. There are a lot of secrets, I think, lessons to be learned and information to be had that we're, we're still not getting. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, and, and I've had a number of reporters. Um, and I, I think I just saw something about the, the reporters who worked on a frontline piece. And I, I think I saw, and I don't want to misquote them, saying that, you know, this has uh, been the worst administration they've ever dealt with. And they've dealt with all the administrations to put on some frontline piece uh, about it. Here's the point. We have the laws. We have a Freedom of Information Act. You're using the Freedom of Information Act or whatever to get the data. We also, we don't have to use the FOIA. We're a, an agency just like the other 70 inspectors general who are created by law have the right to get access to people working for the government, to records working for the government to carry out our job. I'm paid by the U.S. government. 
I took an oath of office to carry out the obligations under the IG Act, and that is to ferret out waste, fraud, and abuse, and to make recommendations how to improve how the government works. Okay, I can't do my job. My people can't do my job, and that's the concern, you know. And we have all of the tools, and we've been working for years on this, and we we're well trained. We have the security clearances, so you can't say we are not cleared to see this information. Now, we can see, we're not seeing the information just to write a news article. We're seeing the information to do our job. Because going back to, we, we talk about the secret annexes, you asked for an example. Why were we interested in that? Because we got five requests from the House Armed Services Committee and the House Oversight Committee dealing with, uh, not the withdrawal itself, but dealing with issues that were important for us to understand what was going on and what was the ramifications of this uh, Doha agreement. Now, that was a bipartisan request. Bipartisan. I mean, we're one of the few agencies that get bipartisan requests, you know. So both Democrats and Republicans wanted to know why did the Afghan government collapse so suddenly? Why did the Afghan military collapse so suddenly? Um, and they also wanted to know about uh, uh, material that was left in Afghanistan. They were also interested in about the impact on Afghan citizens who work with us. There was a whole bunch of them. And we can give you the list of those things. So we asked this. We're not asking this thing just because we want to do a, a news broadcast. We have a job to do. I'm a federal employee. I got federal employees getting paid do their job. We can't do our job. We did the best we could in answering those questions from Congress, but we could have done a better job, a more fulsome job to answer the mail from Congress. And we couldn't because of this lack of cooperation from the State Department. And back then it was also DOD. I mean, that was that became a black hole. You know, our requests just went, you know, it was crickets we were hearing from them. So I, I don't want to sound like I'm upset. Uh, but, but Cheryl, I've been doing this almost my entire life, doing oversight. 20 some years on the Hill for John Dingle, Bill Roth, Sam Nunn on the Senate side, you know, um, uh, you know, and I did it for uh, for 10 years uh, also for this uh, 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 special IG. It, it, it's just unbelievable, the lack of cooperation. But again, I'm cautiously optimistic because I think the House Oversight Committee, and again, they're talking about a bipartisan letter back to them saying, look, you got to answer the mail uh, from CIGAR. I, I'm hoping, I'm always hoping, I'm very hopeful, you know? I'm, I'm always hoping for the best. And I think we may finally have broken the dam uh, and we'll get the information. Well, it, it shouldn't take that. What should happen is if they, as you say, violate the law and don't provide information they're required to provide within a week, those people should be removed from office. I mean, it's just that's that simple. But people, I think, understand how it doesn't work that way. Many of the federal agencies seem to operate independent of oversight and do what they want. And there's there's very little accountability. So I hope people listening really pay attention to this issue and speak about it and focus on it because it's important. And you're, I think, by far one of the most effective inspectors general, despite the fact you haven't always had a great deal of cooperation. 
you've really done a difficult job and gotten some amazing information and done some incredible oversight of our tax money on Afghanistan. And I, I thank you for the job that you and your team do and for explaining all of that to us today. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that if you did, you'll leave a great review, subscribe to it and share it with your friends. Check out my other podcast, the Cheryl Ackeson Podcast. And as always, I hope you'll tune in to my independent Sunday TV news program, Full Measure. For a station list of times, go to CherylAckeson.com, click the Full Measure tab, and you will see a list. Also, you might want to visit our newly renovated FullMeasure.News website, where you can watch our recent and older cover stories and segments, independent journalism. And you can support independent journalism causes by visiting CherylAckeson.com and clicking the Store tab to find some thought-provoking and fun products designed exclusively for independent and free thinkers with mottos like, I need to find some new conspiracy theories. All my old ones came true. Proceeds benefiting independent reporting causes. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself. <laughs>